Some people like to spring news upon you out of the blue for shock effect. God is not like that. He prepares you for what he wants you to know because he wants you to really understand it. This holds true for the gospel as well. Before you hear it for the first time, God is at work in you to prepare you for its message. Thanks for joining me today. I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and I've been the Bible teacher at the Bread of Life Radio Ministry for over 20 years now. This program comes to you from the International Disciple Making Ministry Church Partnership Evangelism. We want you to learn more about what we're doing around the world to reach people for Jesus Christ. To do so, go to traincpe.org. We'd also like to invite you, if you don't have a church home, to come join us in our worship at the Bread of Life Fellowship Church. To learn more about our times of worship and our location, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Romans chapter 3, verse 21 makes clear that we are not saved by keeping the law. God has provided for us a righteousness that comes to us by faith alone. But in this verse, God also tells us that this truth is something God was making known to us through the Old Testament. It is a truth God prepares all people to hear and understand. God prepared you. He's preparing your neighbor for this truth as well. This is a moment that God was directing people to all along. That God was revealing that he was coming to this moment and he was going to provide this means of salvation and righteousness. God was always directing people into this provision from the very moment at which man fell into sin. So Paul says that this is a righteousness that comes to us apart from the law, which basically simply means it's apart from us keeping the law. It's not based on us being good and following a bunch of rules. It's a righteousness that God has provided because Jesus has kept the law perfectly and gives to us the merit of all of his righteousness. But then Paul goes on, although it is apart from the law, it's apart from our keeping the law, he says that it is a righteousness that God was giving witness to by the law and the prophets. That is, basically he's saying that God was throughout the Old Testament pointing the way, the righteousness that he was going to provide for people. God was revealing his holiness. God was revealing to people his righteous standards. God was revealing to people the sins that drove them away from him. God was revealing to him that he had a plan to pay for those sins and provide for those sins. And so God was revealing sacrifices that were representative of the substitute ultimately that he would give in our place. All throughout the Old Testament, God was teaching this lesson. And God was also throughout the Old Testament, and the stories that are told, showing the futility of trying to measure up to God in your own actions, in your own activity, and that God would have to provide for you. So down through the Old Testament, God was putting forward these ideas. That's what Paul's saying. And making these things known to us. In other ways, and throughout human history, God was communicating these truths. If you go to the Old Testament, you'll see that after Adam and Eve sinned, that God provided skins, a sacrifice to cover them because they knew in that moment that they were sinful. In a sense, God provided the first sacrifice for them as a covering of the shame that was placed upon them. And you'll remember that Abel took a lamb, the son of Adam and Eve, and he offered that lamb up as a sacrifice to God. And there we see that this sacrifice stands a lamb for one man and one man's sin. Moses comes along and God comes and tells Moses, now I want you to gather the people together in families. And each family will take a lamb. It was the Passover lamb. And it would be the way in which God would work this together as a part of God's plan to provide their escape out of Egypt. 
as God brought judgments upon the nation of Egypt and God was going to bring a judgment of killing all the firstborn of Egypt. It was the last judgment that God brought upon the Egyptian people that loosened their hold on the people of Israel and, and released them from their bondage. But for the people to protect themselves against God's judgment upon the firstborn, every family was to take a lamb in their home and to sacrifice it, and then they were to eat the lamb together in a meal. And in this passage, you see that the lamb or the sacrifice is provided for a family. Abel, a man. And then here in this passage, for a family, a lamb for a family. And then when God brought the people out into Sinai, God revealed to them a day in which their sacrifice could be made once a year for all the nation of Israel. It was the day of atonement. And there was a lamb that was sacrificed for the accumulated sins of the people of Israel. And so it was a lamb for the nation. A lamb for a man, a lamb for a family, a lamb for a nation. And, and then Isaiah 53, God through Isaiah reveals that there was a lamb that had come and was slain for all of us. Isaiah 53 says, All we like sheep have gone astray, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The lamb was a man who was coming to bear the iniquity of all. A lamb for all. A lamb for a man, a lamb for a family, a lamb for a nation. Extending out a lamb for all. God was revealing this all through Scripture. God was making this known throughout Scripture. The Old Testament was extending to people the promise and the hope that he would provide a sacrifice for them. Not only this, God was also revealing to him that the salvation they would ultimately receive was a salvation that would be brought out from his own righteousness. That he would give them a standing and a state before him from his own righteousness. And so in Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 6, and Jeremiah 33, verse 16, Jeremiah is describing, in a sense, the final ending point of the salvation of all the people when they'll be brought into this glorious new Jerusalem and they'll be exalting in God's salvation. And the name of the city is called the Lord our righteousness. It's God's righteousness that ultimately brings us in this settled state of complete salvation and the enjoyment of eternal heaven. It's what God provides. God was revealing this all along. God's been doing that in your life as well. In one way or another, throughout your life, God has been showing you that you're a sinner and that your righteousness is not enough. And God's been showing you that something has to be, you know as well, there's a payment for sin. There's something that comes due when we do things that are wrong. And God was doing all that so that you would know and understand that that payment was paid by him. He'll pay all the bills. He'll finish all the cost. He'll provide it all for you. And it's been provided through Jesus Christ. It's place, he'd give you all of his righteousness so you could come into his presence. Now let's go on to verse 24. Here it says that God's salvation is located in a work that justifies us. This righteousness that has been given to us from God is something that is justifying. And this word justification is the positive side of condemnation. Condemnation is the declaration of the sentence that is upon everyone who sins. In John chapter 3, verse 18, we're taught that apart from faith in Jesus Christ, all people are condemned already because they're all sinners that are living under a sentence of condemnation. In fact, John chapter 3, verse 36, tells us what that condemnation is. It says this, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. He who does not believe in the Son shall not see life but the wrath of God remains on him. God is bringing a judgment upon them, and there is a sense in which his 
wrath is still pressing against them. His judgment is still pressing against them. That's their situation and condemnation. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 3 actually describes all who are born as being born to be children of wrath. They're born under this condemnation and this judgment. and That's the condition of individuals in their sin. But against this, justification comes and it overrides this contemned state. It turns it upside down. It releases us from this sentence that was upon us as sinners and sets us free from it. And what I want you to see here for a moment is that what this justification is, and to understand it, we have to, in a sense, understand what it isn't, or we have to understand what it is in all of its completeness. So the first thing I want you to see is that this justification that God works in the life of the person who believes in Him is more than being pardoned or forgiven of your sins. There are individuals who think, you know, if I could just be forgiven of all my sins, I could get to heaven. And here's a thought you need to know. It takes more than forgiveness of your sins to get to heaven, to to be reconciled into God's presence. It's more than that. It's also more than just being exonerated or declared innocent. I don't know, I've met a lot of people that wish they could just go back and turn back the clock before that one really serious turn they made in their life or that one really bad decision or that one action that they feel really mars their resume. If they could just go back to some virginal moment before that and they could just be pure again, that would be enough to somehow get them into heaven and God's presence. It's not that either. That's not what justification is declaring. Although, I think that's where God starts. God starts by forgiving us. God starts by, in a sense, exonerating us and and declaring us innocent. But that's not as far as it goes. You think about it. You think of a parent who's raising a child who's just problematic. They keep doing certain things they shouldn't be doing. And say the little boy uh, doesn't seem to be getting what he's doing wrong. So the mom puts together a little whiteboard. And on the whiteboard, when the boy is bad and he does a naughty thing, the mom writes out what it is so the boy understands very clearly what they've done wrong. And so the whiteboard just keeps getting built up. You know, one day is just a bad day. You know, little boys do and little girls sometimes just have a bad day, right? And so the day comes in which that little board is getting filled with one little naughty activity after another naughty activity after another naughty activity. And it's all mounting up as a sentence against them. And, and the mother says, you know, this is too much for me to address. When your daddy gets home, he's going to have to address it. And so by the time the father gets home, there is a, a whiteboard that's almost black and not white. It's just filled with all the information that this little naughty little boy has done. And now the dad comes before that little boy and the little boy is waiting for, you know, judgment to fall upon them. And the dad says, well, I, I see that you've had a really bad day. You've had a really bad day. But you know what I'm going to do, son? I'm, I'm going to forgive you of it today. I'm not going to punish you. I'm not going to discipline for you. I'm going to forgive you for this bad day. And you know what? I'm not going to just forgive you. Dad gets out on a race. I'm going to erase it all. I'm going to wipe it all clean so none of that is against you. Tomorrow when you wake up, there's not going to be any writing on that board. You get to start that day all over again. The new day tomorrow. It's going to be a new day. All right? We can work on these things tomorrow. And what a relief that would be as a little boy to think, oh, no punishment. I've forgiven. And and I get a a do-over. I get a start-over with a clean slate on the new day that's coming. What a wonderful thing. What a wonderful opportunity. What joy would come to that little boy's heart. Now, for individuals, they think, that's salvation, see? I just want to be forgiven and just give me a clean state to start again. But that's not what God does for us. That's not what justification is. It starts with that. 
God forgives us. He doesn't punish us for all the writing that's against us. And then God blots it all out. He wipes it all clean, and, but he doesn't st stop there. Justification, what God does is he, he writes down all the righteousness that Jesus Christ has fulfilled perfectly in keeping all the law. He writes on that board all the goodness and all the grace and all the kindness and all that Christ did perfectly in every single way, and he puts our name on it. He credits to us. We are given all the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That is something more than forgiveness. That is something more than exoneration. Justification applies to us. The complete righteousness of God. Now that's, well, how do you get your mind around that? How do you understand that? But that's how God receives us and how God sees us and what God accomplishes in, in justifying us. How does this happen? Well, Jesus himself says it's like a dress that we put on. It's like a garment that we put on. We put on, and through faith in Jesus Christ, we clothe ourselves in the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. So it's not by our works, and it's not by our labor, and it's not by our effort. In fact, here's what is required to get to heaven. Not only do you need to be forgiven, not only do you need to have wiped away the, the sentence and all the declarations of all the sin in your life so you're exonerated, but then you have to be given this perfect, gleaming, glowing, overcoming righteousness that you didn't produce, that God lays upon you because He places upon you His rest. What we've just been listening to is so important that in our next broadcast, we'll have to go back into the broadcast and hear that illustration again. More than forgiveness, more than exoneration or innocence, but the credits of all Christ did in perfect righteousness, clothing us, and placing us before God as just. <laughs> Great news, good news. This has been the Bread of Life, a ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism and the Bread of Life Church in Boise, Idaho. To learn more about our ministries, go to traincpe.org or breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, may God bless you.